You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch. I hope our show continues to bring you inspiration and and hopefully some distraction from the current affairs of the world. Uh, I'm real excited for my guests this evening. Joining me in just a moment is Carrie Kirpin. And Carrie is the CEO of Likeable Media based in New York. She's also the author of Work It, which is Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. And she's gonna be with me in just a minute. Uh, Be sure as always to stay with us as we go into our breaks to hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. And I'm excited to announce that tonight you'll be hearing for the very first time from our brand new legal watch contributor, Nicole Hittner, who is a partner with Ballad Spar, a national law firm. So stay tuned for that. And for all news on the show, um, be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now, excited and, and honored to have Carrie Kirpin with me this evening. Carrie, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm so excited to be here. So listen, I wanted to start with your upbringing and um, share with the listeners a little bit about where you came from. Um, I, I love how you described your, your upbringing in Queens, uh, which you say was filled with sights and sounds and smells of different cultures. Tell me a little bit about how that kind of upbringing shaped um, your outlook on life. Well, you know, my mother was really committed to making sure that we grew up in a place that was truly diverse 
that had lots of different cultures uh, that we would be exposed to and that we would grow up in a place um, that really felt like we could get an education beyond just our traditional schooling. We could learn about different people and, and different experiences, et cetera. And so she picked Briarwood, Queens, which was a um, really great working class area uh, where you had there, there really you grew up in a true rainbow and it, everything about it um, was just so alive. If, if that makes sense, like it, it just, Every smell was of a different, and your apartment building was of every different type of cuisine, and, and everyone you went to school with was from a different place than you were. And it was just, it helped me be so open and interested and curious about the world. Uh, and it really helped me not have any preconceived notions, I think. I think that, that helped me a lot in that way. Yeah, I love that. And it, and I guess, did you grow up in an apartment or was it a single house? Oh, in an apartment. And, nope, in an yeah. apartment. She never wanted us to live in a house. She was very, you know, she grew up in the Bronx and she, she kind of wanted to carry that along. And my dad was on board. And so they both grew up in apartments. And so they went to, to get a three-bedroom apartment in Briarwood. And it was the best. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, it's such a different... Um, way to grow up as opposed to the the single home out in the suburbs. And I would imagine it gives you a little bit of, um, you know, street smarts, uh, you know, if yeah. you're kind of out and about running around and, and not in the safety of a of a backyard. Oh, yeah. It gives you a, a level of grit, I think. Yeah. And I, I think it, it teaches you uh, to be self-sufficient pretty early because, you know, the neighborhood kind of took care of each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it really was, yes. was a communal parenting experience. And, but it wasn't like you would run down the street to your neighbor's backyard. It was like the street was our backyard. And we all played together in the playground and, and just had a blast. You know, one of the um, quotes I wanted to share was something that you said I thought was really interesting. Um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead. This is a little bit later in life, but I wonder, you know, how it was tied to your to your upbringing. You said the type of self-judgment that I had for myself was killing me. And this was later in your career. And you said it's really destroying my gender. Um, is that something that you carried with you? from a young age or do you think it developed when you were out in the work world and, and started kind of having to, you know, um, compete with, with other women in the workplace? Well, I think that for women, you know, if we look at how we speak to other people and the praise we bestow on other people and the, the, the kindness that we use when working with other people, and then you think about your own internal dialogue um, it's a practice to learn to speak to yourself the way you would speak to others. I think for me, you know, I was always somebody who was very focused on everyone else, which is a, a quite a typical thing for a lot of women. It's, it's, it's everyone around me cared for, okay, happy. Oh, and then I'll get to myself. And I think everything as a result, um, because I put myself last, the feedback that I gave myself was the harshest because I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't perhaps pushing as far as I could in my, in my own career. I never felt good enough about myself where if I were my own friend and I was speaking to myself, I might be a lot more positive about everything that I did and, and continue to do. Um, but because it was me, I was my own worst critic. And I, I think a lot of us experience that. 
Absolutely. I, I think you're so right. You know, would you say today, looking at yourself today, that you've kind of conquered that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a daily practice, right? I think learning to um, give yourself encouragement is, you know, something that we have to work on every single day. In fact, at my own company, one thing that I've done recently was, you know, I had a a program where I said, okay, we're running all of this stuff virtually now. And I said, okay, everyone tell me one great quality about yourself. And there was really radio silence. I mean, it took a long time for them to be able to speak positively about themselves. And then I said, I'd like you to say something positive about somebody else that you've observed from like right now who's doing a great, great job. And it poured in. I mean, people are so much more comfortable bestowing praise upon others than they are being able to accept the wonderful things about them. And so I've worked very hard to do that over time, um, it's still a daily practice. It's, it's something that you have to unlearn. Yeah. You know what? The fact that you even asked that question of your employees says a lot to me. Um, you, you were named one of the best places to work in New York. And, you know, I was going to ask, well, you know, what are you doing differently? Um, and I would say it's, it's your engagement with your staff, you know, and really wanting them to be um, have their own voices heard. What would you say you're doing differently that, that got you that recognition? I think that for us, what it really comes down to is when you accept a job, it is as much about whether or not the job is a fit for you as if the person is a fit for a company. Like, like I'm hiring you and I'm looking to see if you're a fit. And you also need to see if you think you'll be a fit rather than just taking the first job that comes to you. And I think that what we do really well is we focus on the core values of the organization. What type of person succeeds best here? What are their values? What is important to them? And when we can correctly distinguish that somebody has those values, then we can almost certainly predict that they'll do well. It's not 100% foolproof, but Almost always when we're testing for those core values and we're doing things in our work that really tie back to those core values, you know that you're creating a workplace that would benefit somebody who actually has those values. So it's really about tying back to what matters to you and what matters to them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, stay with us. We're going to go into our first break. You'll hear from our finance watch, Terry and Maggie and Dr. Marianne Ritchie for health. We'll be right back. Watch. Finance Watch. Hi, this is Maggie. And this is Terry. And we're from Fortis Wealth. May is Disability Insurance Awareness Month. Most people see life insurance as a no-brainer to protect against losing their income due to death. But fewer people consider protecting their earnings in the event they become sick or injured. The Social Security Administration estimates that 91% of women and almost 86% of men will live to age 67. The same report projects that a 20-year-old has a 27% chance of being disabled for at least 12 months before reaching retirement age at 67. Once you become disabled, the Council for Disability Awareness reports that the average long-term disability absence lasts nearly three years. Recent data shows that over 51 million households in the United States are without disability income insurance. Only 48% have enough money and savings to cover three months of living expenses. 
We insure our homes, our furniture, our cars, jewelry, cell phones, and iPads, but not the income that provides any of it. How do we handle the loss of thousands of dollars a month if our income suddenly stops due to an accident or illness? It doesn't matter whether you make 50000 a year or 500000 a year. Lost income is lost income, and the results are the same. Short-term disabilities are actually very common. Back problems, joint or muscle issues, pregnancies, and mental health issues are the most common types. Long-term disabilities also happen. Think cancer, serious injuries, or degenerative disc conditions. Many employers offer some type of disability insurance, but it's often not enough. Individual policies are available through several carriers, but these policies usually involve a detailed review of your health, so not everyone will qualify. A last resort is Social Security Disability, or SSDI, which can be very difficult to get as you need to be virtually unemployable due to your condition. There are few, if any, assets more valuable than your ability to earn an income. Please consult with your insurance or financial advisor regarding your situation. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today. Because tomorrow is waiting. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. COVID-19 is a worry for everyone, especially women who are pregnant and facing delivery. I'm the host of Your Radio Doctor every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock here on WPHT. This morning, I spoke with Dr. Christopher Zahn from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists about COVID-19 and pregnancy. Pregnant women should follow the same recommendations as non-pregnant women to avoid exposure. And remember, this is a new virus, but so far, obstetricians think pregnancy and childbirth do not increase risk for acquiring COVID-19 and do not increase risk for more severe cases that can lead to intensive care or death. Most infected mothers recover without delivering baby early, and to date, there's no clear evidence that the virus can pass from mother to baby in the womb. And for pregnant women with children at home, the CDC says no playdates with children from other households, keep your kids six feet apart, wearing a cloth face covering in public, get vaccines from moms and kids, don't be afraid of the pediatrician's office. If kids fall behind in routine vaccines, they're at greater risk when schools do reopen. And if you have a fever for COVID or any reason, call your doctor immediately. Prolonged fever, especially in first trimester, can harm the baby and can cause miscarriage. Tylenol is safe. He also said COVID is not a reason in itself for a C-section. And so far, COVID does not seem to increase rate of miscarriage. But again, data is limited. The hospital is still the safest place to give birth. If you are COVID positive, notify the hospital you're on your way. There may be a different entrance. And at this point, we don't know if COVID can pass from mother to baby through breast milk. The general consensus, breastfeeding has benefits for mom and baby, including passing mom's immunity to the baby. Mom can pump her breast milk. Maybe somebody else could give the bottle. Hear the entire podcast interview with Dr. Zahn on our website, yourradiodoctor.com. And remember, divas, every mom is a superhero. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.
Welcome back, everyone. Um, thanks so much for being with me. I'm joined this evening by Carrie Kirpin, the CEO of Likeable Media, uh, based in New York. And um, Carrie, I, I wanted to say, you know, that we really can't tell your story without talking about your wedding, which was a sponsored right. wedding in front of 7,000 um, <laughs> Brooklyn Cyclones baseball fans. <laughs> and that's yeah, an incredibly original, original story. But uh, for those who haven't heard it, can you... Can you tell us how that came to be? Well, it's so funny that you mentioned this because now in today's world, this might never have flown. But, you know, at the time it was fabulous because there were so many people all together. Uh, Basically, my husband uh, had really wanted a huge wedding. Like everyone he's ever known, he wanted to watch him get married. He's a very public person. Um, and really like if he heard your listeners on the show, he'd be like, you have to come to my wedding. You, you've listened to my wife. You must come. (laughs) So that's the type of guy he is. And for me, you know, I had been married before I got married pretty young and divorced pretty quickly and, and was pretty guilty about having a big wedding that was expensive. That was all of these things that cost my parents money. It was very, very challenging and, and a source of shame for me. And in fact, I felt this tremendous struggle, like, okay, how do I give this man who I'm marrying, who is the love of my life, how do I give him the wedding of his dreams, which he wanted, um, and how do I make sure that we take the learnings from what I learned from my first marriage, which was the expense of weddings is astronomical and leads to so much pressure to staying together Mm -hmm. if something isn't right. And so we came up with an idea, and basically we were huge Mets fans, and we had both had a marketing background. We decided to go to the minor league affiliate of the New York Mets, the Brooklyn Cyclones. And we said, we have an idea for you. We want to get married on the field after one of your games. And what we'll do is we'll buy out the sponsorship for the night. So a minor league ballpark costs a few thousand dollars to sponsor for the night. Um, you sponsor it and we're going to call it our field of dreams. And we're actually going to wow. resell in sponsors uh, that would, you know, sponsor in between innings. So instead of like, Uh, Pepsi tossing t-shirts into the audience as they often do at a baseball game, 1-800-Flowers would toss bridal bouquets. And it would be fun and campy and cute uh, during the game. And then we would get married on the field afterwards and then just have a party in the back. And we would serve hot dogs and and keep it simple and and be really fun. Well, uh, they love this idea. And it ended up catching on and getting a lot of attention. So we got all of this massive amounts of media attention around the sponsored wedding. And we decided to use that for good and be able to anyone who, you know, all these partners started kind of pouring in now. And so what we asked for was for them to donate to charity. So we ended up raising $25,000 for the MS Society. We got national and international press around this event. And of course, we got to marry each other, which was far and away the best part on the field in front of 7,000 of our closest family, friends, and baseball fans. And <laughs> so it was so pretty awesome. Great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just a brilliant idea. Um, and actually, I'm curious if, if it led to other couples trying to do a similar affair. It did. You know, it did. Yeah. But the issue, so we got contacted a ton after this. Like, we were like, do we start a sponsored wedding business? What do we do? But the reality yeah. is a sponsored a sponsored wedding alone doesn't work, right? Because you're just sponsoring to the guests. It's not enough at scale. What these sponsors did was they really sponsored a baseball game, but they spon- which is quite typical because you have a large audience. But they did mm-hmm. it in a way that was tied in in such an interesting way to a wedding that it got 
so much more press. So it was kind of like a lightning in a bottle moment, so much so that all of the sponsors came to us after it was over and said, this was amazing. This was great. We have faith in you guys. You've got to do it again. And we were like, uh, we can't get married again. We're not going to have a sponsor yeah. baby and come up with any concept like that. So right. we, we decided to start Likeable. And that's, that was really, we started Likeable as a word of mouth agency when we, we really had no idea what we were doing. But we, after the wedding, we figured we should try something. Um, and that's yeah. how Likeable originally came to be as a word of mouth marketing agency. That's a great story. You know, you Thank built you. this. It's a it's a multi-million dollar social media agency. Really, really successful. And you did that, um, you know, without any experience or background. I was curious right. what, you know, what gifts do you have that you recognize in yourself that gave you the courage to do that? Well, I mean, it's do you think it was that, that idea of the, yeah. The, I'm you know, sorry, go ahead. No, it's yeah. a couple things. I mean, I think that if you ask me what gifts I had that gave me the confidence to do it, I would say that I always knew that I was good at sales, and I always knew that I had a really good reputation and that people would take a chance on me if I was creative enough to come up with a good idea. So I knew that I had built a reputation and had confidence and was able to um, be in sales, which I think is such an important piece, right? You have to be unafraid yes. to ask for money if you're starting something. And that, that's hard. That's really yes. like a skill that you have to develop. So I knew I had that skill. But what actually gave me the confidence to do it was totally different. What gave me the confidence to do it was that prior to marrying Dave, I had a child in my short-lived early marriage that I had, excuse me, raised on my own. She was three. And at the time, after we got married, I had worked in radio sales, actually, and I drove all the way out to the office out on the island, like to West Babylon from Queens. So we're talking like an hour and 15 minutes each way. I was a sales manager. There were grueling hours. It was um, a lot. And I wasn't getting home in time to say goodnight to her. And the only thing, even though I had confidence in myself, even though I knew I was good at sales, I knew all of that was there. What was really the lever that was pushed was that I wanted to start a company. I didn't care how big it grew, just so that I could have freedom of time with my daughter. And that was the lever. I don't know that I ever would have had enough confidence to do it, to really leave like that big, important job and take that step if it wasn't about spending more time with her and the ability to have that flexibility. I think that, that for me was what did it. That's a great reason. Um, listen, we're going to go into our second break. Stay with us for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo and our Legal Watch with Nicole Hitner. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo from Pathways Consulting Group. Out of a very difficult situation called COVID-19, we're seeing positive outcomes in technology advancements, specifically in the healthcare space. Recently, I had the pleasure of interviewing some incredible people from the company Caregility, Mike Brandafino, President and COO, and Kelly McDermott Harmon, SVP of Marketing. Caregility is in the telehealth space. When I asked Mike what differentiates them from other telehealth solutions, he said their technology focuses on the clinician experience. 
They do this by providing telehealth communication platform solutions with different workflows and include two-way audio and video and are designed to facilitate convenient access to quality virtual care in any clinical setting. Mike further explained, imagine being in an ICU with limited nursing staff and having a command center of specialists remotely monitoring patients both through audio and video and with a single push of a button have the ability to alert nurses if a patient is in distress. In a rapid response to COVID-19, they have accelerated certain technologies like their mobile app. They've also expanded their command centers and have the capacity to handle 2,000 concurrent calls. Additionally, they've created rapid response carts. Mike explained to me that typically their solutions are wall-mounted and require installation, recognizing this would be a challenge and to limit the exposure in patient rooms for the clinicians, they were able to mount their solutions to rolling carts. Caregility assembles the carts prior to shipping and are able to get the solutions in the hands of the healthcare providers quickly and efficiently. Kelly pointed out some incredibly unique ways their solutions are being utilized. One of the most recent was a wedding. Imagine that. Next week, I'll share more use cases. If you'd like to learn more, you can email me at mary at pathwayscg.com or visit their website at caregility.com. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Now, now the women to watch. Legal Watch. Legal Watch. This is Nicole Hitner from Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. In these uncertain times, Ballard Spar is committed to being a resource and a guide for businesses affected by the pandemic. We maintain an online resource center where our attorneys are posting up-to-the-minute guidance that anyone can access at www.ballardspar.com. We are also consciously providing support to companies large and small, including owner-managed and closely held businesses through a three-part webinar series led by Amy Arndt, a partner in our Sioux Falls office. We're hosting an all-female panel of Ballard women, attorneys, advising on contingent workers and COVID-19, and we can help as people start thinking about resuming workplace operations. All of these virtual events can be accessed through our homepage at www.ballardspar.com by clicking on the events and news tab. And I can be reached easily at hitnern at ballardspar.com. We at Ballard Spar stand with our clients and communities as we all cope through this difficult time. And we hope that everyone stays safe and healthy. Again, this is Nicole Hitner at Ballard Spar, and I'm here to help. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm speaking with Carrie Kirkin, the CEO of Likeable Media. Um, Carrie, in, in the previous segment, you had mentioned the fact that you worked in radio sales. And I wanted to, to kind of see what you thought the, uh, the reason for this kind of explosion in the podcast industry. Where, where has that come from? The explosion in the podcast industry actually started many years ago. You know, it's funny. When I took that job in, in radio sales, in sales management, I went to a conference and there was a trends reporter 
that was talking about how, and this, I mean, this was many years ago, we're talking, that was probably 2005, talking about how podcasts were going to explode as the MP3 player became more normalized. I still remember it like clear as day, all about podcasts. I remember being like, why would podcasts ever matter? Because we, we listen in our cars and the radio and, and all of this. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that podcasts became a thing when people were so connected to their devices. And they became a thing because people are hungry for content that tells great stories. And podcasts do that in a way that allows you in this distracted world where like you're, you're doing a million things at once, the, the concept of the audio podcast and the concept of just being able to listen while you're doing other things around the house, as smart technology happens, as you have these multiple devices, it allows you to consume interesting stories and content all while you're going about your day and doing other things. Yeah. Isn't it? It's a wonderful escape from the news, certainly. Um, it is. Right in today's environment. And and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I want to make sure we talk about your book. Um, You wrote a book called Work It. And um, let's see, where is the success? I'm sorry, Secrets Secrets, for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Yeah, I love that. And you and I share, I think, you know, an interest in you interview and have done some great interviews from women in business as well. Um, I wanted to know if you had any aha moments or revelations from all of the interviews that you've done with successful women? It's a great question. I've interviewed over 300 women now uh, across from my podcast that I've had for several years and the book, of course. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I love is that no two stories are the same. You can ask a woman how she became successful one woman did it by saying yes all the time and saying yes to every opportunity. And another woman does it by setting boundaries and saying no. You know, right? Yeah. Every, everybody right. has these different stories and different experiences. So what I love is to collect these stories, the variety of stories, and then tap into, you know, the ones that work for you, kind of cherry pick. And that's why I wanted to write the book to provide a variety of different stories from a variety of different women uh, much like how I grew up in the world, right? Talking to tons of different women at tons of different places and, and people and backgrounds and be able to talk to them and find out what worked for them. Uh, the story that worked the best for me actually didn't come from one of my fancier interviews. It wasn't really from Sheryl Sandberg or Barbara Corcoran or any of these women. It came from somebody who used to work for me who then worked at ClassPath. Um, when she, after she left me, she went to ClassPath and then I interviewed her. And she talked to me a little bit about her, the art of negotiation. And when she was negotiating for a role or for something she wanted, the power of using a mental mute button, which is like muting yourself and being unafraid of silence and using that silence as a tool in negotiations or tough conversations. So learning how as if you were um, a phone and you were pressing mute, you know, to mute yourself uh, while you let the other person speak, reveals so, so much more. Um, you know, it's, she would ask a scary question like, um, okay, and what is the salary for this position? And then just put herself on mental mute instead of like being like, well, I made this and here's what I think I, here's what I think maybe I should get, but I don't really know. Do, 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 do. You know, we have a tendency to go yep. on like that. But yes. using the power of the pause was such yes. like a small tip in the book that I love, that I always remember yep. and I always use. I love that. I love that. Um, 
you know, you're out and about and you have a lot of opportunities to be in front of large audiences and speaking yourself. Um, what, what is one, if you only had one message that you wanted the women to walk away with, what, what is that one message? You know, most important. Yeah. The most important is the key to being successful is understanding yourself and understanding what you want and understanding how you work best. Once you understand what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and where you want to go, the sky's the limit. It's all about understanding yourself. And, the, and sometimes it's difficult for us to understand and truly know who we are. It is, especially people who are earlier in their careers and are figuring it out. We're so used to, like you said at the beginning of the interview, which was about conditioning you know, yourself to be positive about yourself. We're so used to identifying and helping the needs of others that quite often we lose what we need in ourselves. And so once you truly understand yourself, you will understand what you need to succeed. Not everyone needs to be uh, you know, the CEO of a multinational corporation or you know, not everyone needs that to define themselves as successful. So understanding who you are and what you want is the key to unlocking success for yourself. Carrie, that's such great advice. Stand by, we're gonna go into our last break. We'll be right back. With 100 years of experience in the textile industry, Thomaston Mills is proud to be a quick turnaround supplier during difficult times. With the current ramp-up of beds and hospitals and the conversion of hotels to shelters and healthcare facilities, they're ready with large quantities of bedding and bath towels. They follow CDC guidelines and are prepared to quickly ship product. Contact T. Voigt at thomastonmills.com or call 877-474-3300. Thomaston hopes everyone stays healthy and safe during this difficult time and thanks our healthcare workers for their service. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. I'm having such a great conversation with Carrie Kirpin, the CEO of Likeable Media, um, who's just full of wisdom. Um, by the way, I enjoy so much following everything that you're putting out into the world. Um, and I want to share. I want to share this quote that um, that you said: "We can have hard, difficult conversations if we are simply speaking the truth." And I love that statement because I'm always in search of the truth in all areas and and topics. And I wonder, you know, I see you as a very genuinely curious person. And I wonder how you handle the kind of PC environment that we live in that sometimes stifles our curiosity. Well, I think that if you are unafraid to question then you are also unafraid to learn, right? So when you talk about stuff that's PC and where we are in in that world, um, it's really about 
there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with posing questions uh, around this stuff, but there must be an openness and a willingness to learn. And so for me, I found two things in my life. First, when I speak the truth, it is significantly less complicated because I never have to think about or remember what did I say or what, what did I spin up here because it is the truth. Um, but I, it's also that I, all, I always want to be open to and learn that my truth may also just be my perspective and somebody else who comes from a different world or a different background may have a totally different perspective. So there's truth of fact and then there's perspective. And around perspective, I'm always curious and I always want to hear different perspectives. Um, I really do. And I don't enjoy an echo chamber of hearing the sound of my own voice and those like me. Uh, and I think that, again, comes from growing up in Queens and coming up from people, lots of different perspectives and thoughts. Um, and right. then I think it's just a genuine curiosity around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me how you're handling. So the current, you know, we're, the pandemic is just kind yep. of this sudden immediate halt um, to all of our yep. lives. How do you manage fear? Okay, so I have a great answer for this, I think. Um, so fear, I am by nature a more anxious person. I think anxiety is something that, that lives within you. You either you know really experience it or you don't. And it's interesting, when this first happened... Um, you know, I felt like I was completely sucked under a tidal wave. First of all, I couldn't even breathe because I was positive. Of course, I was ill, which I was not. You know, it was just anxiety, yeah, tightness of the right. chest. Then you're thinking about every one of your employees, your kids, every, everyone in the world, and it's just really, really overwhelming. And yes. the way that I managed this fear was twofold. Um, one was to focus on communication. So with my staff, I communicated constantly. I still do daily Facebook lives every single day in a closed group with them and address them. Um, communicate with my kids. We have dinner together every night and we always use that time to communicate about how we're feeling about stuff. But primarily to manage the fear, it's, it's really about being in the moment to orient myself instead of thinking, oh my gosh, is there going to be no school till the end of the year? Oh my gosh, when are we ever going to return to the office? Oh my gosh, could there be no school in September? What's happening with my kids? How are we going to survive? What are we going to do? I must be in the exact moment that I'm in. So to orient myself, I say something like, right now, I am sitting in a chair on an interview with Susan. I am breathing. I am okay. And stay right in the present. And for me, that's been extremely calming. I ended up taking up yoga as a result of that and that practice. And I think that's done, you know, really well by me. And I think staying in the moment, otherwise, this is just too overwhelming. I mean, it's really unlike anything we've had in recent history. And so it's, it's just something where we have to stay in the moment. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. You know, it's too much to, to think the, you know, ahead to the future um, yep. or to think about all of the world's problems. That, that's yep. that's uh, a heavy, heavy burden. Correct. Um, Correct. So let's talk. Let's talk about likable for a minute and how you've kind of pivoted during the time. Yep. What what how are you yep. managing? Yep. So likable is a social media agency and we create content for clients uh, for their social media and. As you may have seen in recent years, a lot of that 
content has gotten significantly more premium, meaning that the shoots are more elaborate and expansive. We're creating like really reinventing basically television and a lot of this stuff on social media. So you're, you're getting very high-end production stuff. So, of course, that is all shot either in a studio or on location. And so when this happened, you know, there's an immediate, oh, my gosh. You know, I had people shooting internationally. I had people everywhere doing all different kinds of things, um, lots of food shoots, all, all different things where that essentially almost overnight became a risk. And so we had to think about how we would pivot. There were other areas of our business that also existed, like community management, answering people's questions online. Well, that goes way up, right? Because everybody's at home and asking questions on the Internet, and we help respond on behalf of brands. So that area, immediately I had to staff up. And then I had to adjust on the content production side, not in terms of the volume of content was still needed, but the way that we did the content was different. So we would have to shoot in people's homes and we would have to up our animation, you know, because that is really a a key component that people are leading into now. You're really adapting to a different world where you're shooting in totally different environments. And um, we have to give a, a, a little bit of a shout out to Sarah Rocco, who happens to work for Like a Bomito. Like a Bomito, yes. A, to- a total yes. star, total star. Uh, she went from, she shot every day in, in studio doing a lot of work with our food. Uh, she's a photo- great, great photographer. And she um, immediately pivoted to be able to, to shoot in her home. And, and you know, oftentimes right. they wait for the right lighting, like they're actually waiting for sunlight to hit in their apartment. I mean, so if you look at that kind of stuff, like that's some real dedication. And that's what we talk about when we hire for core values. You know, somebody like Sarah is such a perfect example because she was such a great hire around the core values that when this all shifted, somebody with our core values would be able to adapt to that. And so right. that, that's an example of, of what we do. And yes, major shout out to Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we just have one minute left, Carrie. And I want to give you a second to talk about your kids. You have three beautiful children. And I wonder if, you know, you think your daughters are are building their own self-esteem by watching you and your success. I can tell you, I certainly hope so. So I have a wide range of children. I have a daughter who is turning 17 in just a few days. I have a daughter who is almost 13. And then I have a son who just turned five. So I really extended the runway on, on kids. (laughs) <laughs> and it's my daughters, you know, on, on Mother's Day, they gave me a book that were like a fill in the blank book that they had filled in. And there were lots of funny things in it. Like, I love your blank. And they would write, I love your hair, even though it's turning gray, like in quarantine, like all of these <laughs> funny things. Um, but, you know, there were things like, I love how you teach me to be resilient or um, mm. the word I would use to describe you is confident. And when I got that book, it was like, I felt like, okay. You know, my parenting isn't perfect. Nobody's is. But at the end of the day, I can look back at these girls and say, you know, I, I did something right by them. Hopefully we can change the future by really being able to build that type of esteem within our girls and helping them yeah. realize, like Rashma Sajani says, it's important to teach them to be brave, not to be perfect. Absolutely. That's a great, great way to end the show, Carrie. Thank you so much for being with us to share a little little bit about your story. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thanks so much to our sponsors and our watch team for their continued support. And everyone continue to be safe and healthy as we look to reopen and venture back out into the world. Have a great week, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.